Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast. Really happy to have you back again. And today I will be showing you how I prepared for my draft for the upcoming season. And it's pretty cool. I do want to let you know um, before I explain this Excel file that I developed. I do want to let you know that if you shoot me an email at fantasyfootballteammate at gmail.com, I will send you this file. And basically, uh, what I did was I used NFL.com's um, average draft picks from every draft that has happened so far uh, on that website and I entered those average picks into an Excel file with each player and I used that to make a mock draft of sorts so right now I have a <clears throat> a file that basically tells you on average not only what round each player will go in but also uh, in what order they'll go in exactly what pick each player will be. I then went through and analyzed each player individually in order to identify in each round what players you're probably going to want to look out for if you can get them in that round. I provided some notes for you to help you analyze the uh, some particular players that I thought were interesting. And the reason this is so important to do is that it helps to give me some insight into when I should draft particular players. So, for example, the way that my league works is I'm going to need to play one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex position, which can be a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end, and then one kicker. So, you know, if all the good running backs are gone by, let's say, round seven, but, we'll, you know, we'll talk about when they're all gone, but, but if that was the case, then I'd obviously have to get at least two running backs before round seven, or if I want that flex position to be a running back, then I would need three, and then you also need to consider what quality of backups do you want on your bench. So um, we can have, in my league, six players on the bench, and I want to make sure that at least a few of those backups are people that I could you know, play right away if I needed to due to some type of injury. And then I also just want some... Mm -hmm. And then I also just want some uh, positions on the bench that are meant more for for players that uh, may not really do anything, but they have a high upside. They have a lot of potential. So the rule that I like to follow when uh, drafting in these leagues is the the closer you are to the beginning of the draft, a.k.a. in your first six draft picks, you need to pick people that you know will consistently do well 
You don't want to take any risk in the beginning rounds of your draft. You want to get guys that you are positive will consistently produce numbers for you. Bottom line. So that means, for example, people like Ezekiel Elliott, who right now is uh, actually being drafted in the first round at the eighth pick uh, for a 12-team league. You don't want to do that. Ezekiel Elliott is a rookie, and the statistics simply go against rookie players uh, being breakout fantasy stars. It does happen, and... Uh, about two years ago, it happened in large numbers, uh, particularly with wide receivers, but that was an anomaly and does not usually happen. So you don't want to take a rookie in your first round. No matter how good that rookie is projected to be, it simply is not worth it. You're better off taking a running back that you know is going to be good, such as Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, etc., And, you know, maybe Ezekiel Elliott has a little more upside, according to some people, but honestly, he probably doesn't. And even if he did, that increased upside that a player like Ezekiel Elliott has compared to Todd Gurley or Adrian Peterson, who are like either the best running backs in the league or, uh, you know, or would only be slightly behind Ezekiel Elliott, like the difference isn't going to be that great. So I guess what I'm saying is pretty much no matter what, um, it, it's not worth uh, taking a player that is high risk just to get a minimal potential gain above another available uh, player at that same round. So now that I've gone over some basics of things I'm thinking about when I'm drafting, I'm going to just walk you through each position, each round, what are the players that, that I'm looking at and that, and that you may want to consider? So let's start with running back. And in the first round, um, you do have to be careful because there's five guys going in the first round right now. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and Ezekiel Elliott. I've already spoken about why you should not draft Ezekiel Elliott under any circumstances in the first round. But David Johnson is another guy that is simply being vastly overvalued. Uh, yes, he put up some really good numbers in Arizona last year, but the reality is they also have Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington on that team, and they are going to pull numbers from him. And ultimately, um, Arizona has said they're committed to David Johnson, but as I said, you want people that you know are going to consistently put up numbers, and one part of consistently putting up good numbers with high certainty is that that player is completely unchallenged and, do and that you don't have necessarily a ton of other talent in that position. And Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington are both very good running backs that are both capable of putting up good numbers as well. So overall, I'm not saying completely stay away from Arizona's uh, backfield, but if David Johnson is going to get drafted in the first round, you shouldn't be the one taking him. <clears throat> now, 
three running backs. Uh, the other three running backs are Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson. Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson, uh, quite frankly, are the only running backs I would say you really want to go after here. Uh, those are your ideal guys. They're both essentially guaranteed to put up good numbers. They do it consistently. Uh, well, Adrian Peterson does. Todd Gurley just came off his rookie year, but potentially uh, could be the best running back in the league this year. Le'Veon Bell, I like, but you have to be aware he's likely going to miss the first four games of the season. Um, so this one's a little bit more tough because you have to weigh how worth it is to you to lose, uh, you know, to lose those first four games uh, of having your best running back. That could really damage you. You know, if you happen to lose each game and you start on four, you might not be able to recover and make the playoffs, uh, even with Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, but it is something that I'd consider. Uh, most likely, though, I would say you don't want to take Le'Veon Bell unless he falls to you late in the first round or early in the second round. And if you don't get any of those guys that I've discussed, then you likely want to wait until uh, round two to draft the players that I'm about to refer to. So in the second round, we have six more running backs that are likely to go off the board. And here, the the big the two big guys that I think you should look out for is Devontae Freeman and Lamar Miller. Freeman was uh, actually the number one running back last year, although most of it came in, a, in like two big games that he had. But there's definitely a lot of potential there for another great year, and um, I don't think you'll be disappointed with him on your team. Uh, I would even honestly suggest that you take Devontae Freeman potentially over guys like Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott because Devontae Freeman is more of a sure thing. And I'll add to that the second running back that I think you will, might want to look at in the second round, which is Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller uh, left Miami because he wanted to get more touches. He really wasn't getting the ball very much in Miami, but when he did, he always was uh, being productive with his touches. And now that he's in Houston, where Houston loves to run the football, he's going to get in the rock consistently and is definitely worth a pickup in the second round. So hopefully you come out of one of the first two rounds, um, or after. hopefully you come out of the two round, the first two rounds with one of those players I've already talked about. Because after that, uh, I'm really just not happy with options that are available in round two or even in round three. Uh, there's really no one that I'm happy about in round three. Uh, some people that I'm lukewarm on, uh, Jamal, Jamal Charles towards the like middle range of round two, um, a lot of upside, but he's coming off another torn ACL, and it's a big risk. And like I said, we really want to take people that we know are going to get through the season. You don't want to take high-risk players because if you lose your number one pick or you lose your number two pick, um, you know, that's really going to derail your team and make it pretty hard to win. In the third round, I just don't think there's a lot of talent in the running backs that are being drafted. 
Um, right now, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Forte, C.J. Anderson, and Carlos Hyde are the guys being drafted in the third round. And I'm really not a fan of these running backs. Um, honestly, LaShawn McCoy isn't worth it just because of his attitude problems. You just don't know. You just can't trust a guy like that. You don't know if he's really going to be able to, <laughs> to handle the season. Um, he's pretty unstable and also is getting older uh, and having some injury problems. He has a talented Carlos Williams behind him at running back. Uh, it's just not better, not good, not a good idea there. If you had to take a third-round running back, I guess LaShawn McCoy would be your guy because um, I'm really not happy with the other other guys there, Forte, Anderson, and Hyde. So um, basically, for your first three rounds, you're going to be happy if you can get uh, Le'Veon Bell, Peterson, Freeman, or Miller. One or two of those guys would be great. If you got two of them, I would say your running back position is uh, very well locked up. Oh, I should have added Todd Gurley to that, by the way. But if you get two of them, your position's locked up. If you get one, you're in pretty good shape, and um, there's going to be guys in the fourth and four, four, round four, five, and six that I'll talk about um that you can pick up after that that can replace it if you go out with with, uh zero running backs after the first three rounds that's it's okay but just be prepared to really focus in on running backs in the next couple rounds um if that's what you end up you know if that's the position that you end up in which i don't it's not a bad position to be in um to be honest i um, just for a little bit of background, this fantasy football season that I do with my family, we've done two years, and the first year I ended lose, I ended up losing in the finals, and the second year I won. And both years I started round one and round two drafting wide receivers, and it gave me a really big advantage because um, everyone in the league focused running back so if I would have drafted a running back, I would have been drafting running backs that, you know, were ranked ninth or 10th uh, in the running back position. But instead, I was able to get the number one and number two wide receiver. And, uh, you know, that helps a lot. And obviously, it also helped that um, the top tier running backs last year didn't really pan out for the most part. I do think it's going to be different this year because... Uh, it's becoming more of a passing league and um, you know and as I said the running backs didn't really pan out that well last year so I'm pretty sure what we're going to see is well and actually I pretty much know we'll see this I'll uh, tell you in a moment but compared to um, how running backs and wide receivers are drafted the last two years it'll be a little different this year before we saw running backs pretty much go in the first six picks of a draft but now we're seeing actually three wide receivers in particular Antonio Brown uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Julio Jones uh, go right at the top of the draft so that's going to change the whole dynamic and that's why um, you know some of these players like Todd Gurley, Bell, Peterson, uh, Freeman Miller, they would have been a lot harder to get um, the way people drafted 
in the last two years, but this year with the influx of people drafting wide receivers, if that happens in my league and your league as well, we might, you know, consider focusing on running backs early on instead of receivers, which is usually what I would um, advise someone to do. Now, let's move on to the fourth round for running backs, and there's really only one guy here that I'm really crazy about, and that's Ryan Matthews, but I can't stress enough how much, um, how good it would be if you could get Ryan Matthews in the fourth round, because Doug Peterson's going to run the ball a lot, and obviously Darren Sproles is going to take uh, some touches away from Ryan Matthews, but speaking as an Eagles fan who watches every single Eagles game, I can tell you that uh, Sproles is mostly going to be helping Matthews in a way. Because, you know, yes, he will be obviously getting on the field sometimes, but a lot of those times it's as a wide receiver or as another running back. And it's just a different role that Sproles plays. He's really he's really just not the same type of running back that Matthews is. And you're going to see Sproles get a lot of screen passes and um, just get the ball in, in a little more unique situations. But they're not going to use him consistently because he's older and uh, we don't want to risk him getting hurt but Ryan Matthews is going to be the guy that we run a lot he's going to have a lot of opportunity and he did very well when he got the ball last year so I would expect that he will have a good year where he will exceed expectations in the fifth year or in the fifth uh, round sorry there's a guy here Dion Lewis who I strongly urge you to consider even taking in the fourth round uh, potentially over Matthews or even uh, if Matthews is gone then in the fourth round you know Deion Lewis is a guy you want to take even though he's projected in the fifth round he's worth reaching for here because what uh, before Deion Lewis got hurt last year he was putting up great numbers for New England Tom Brady really liked throwing the ball to him, and I suspect that Jimmy Garoppolo, while Brady is out, is going to be uh, relying on him as well. Allegret uh, Blount, uh, another running back in New England, may uh, take some touchdowns from Lewis, because Lewis is more of like the shifty guy. He's kind of like a younger version of Darren Sproles, so to speak, for the Eagles, so... Um, but the difference is, since Deion Lewis is in that younger phase of his career, he's going to get the ball a lot more. He's going to be making very big plays. Uh, Legarrette Blount, he's going to get the ball when New England is on the goal line, and he'll get a lot of easy touchdowns, and that obviously will hurt value for Lewis. Um, but uh, in no way, shape, or form should that sway you from taking Lewis. Um, if you you know, went the first three rounds and you didn't draft a running back and you left round four and round five with Ryan Matthews and Deion Lewis, you'd be in fantastic shape. <clears throat> Another guy in the fifth round, uh, Latavius Murray for Oakland. 
absolutely worth taking here. Um, there's just there's no question that uh, if he's available, you uh, you should definitely you should go for Latavius Murray here, and then um, Thomas Rawls for the Seahawks. It's tough. I, I think with Thomas Rawls, it's still a little unclear how if he starts and is and is given the ball consistently, he'll be a great play uh, for Seattle in the fifth round because he did really well last year. But I'm not convinced that he's going to be the starter or that he will um, be given the same opportunity he was last year. So with Thomas Rawls, I would say. You know, for sure, Ryan Matthews, Deion Lewis, Latavius Murray, you're taking those guys over Thomas Rawls. But if you get to round four, round five, and those guys are gone, you want to use CBSSports.com. Like literally, if you just Google Thomas Rawls fantasy (coughs) fantasy football, you can do that with any player. Just type in the player's name, then type in fantasy football. The first, uh, the very first uh, pop-up on Google will be CBS Fantasy Football. They have really reliable analysis on players, and it will be kept up to date. Um, also, just where, whatever league you're drafting in will likely have a way to quickly view information on players. So you want to have a way to do that during your draft, and you're going to want to look and see has there been an update on, you know, ha- did the Seahawks declare Thomas Rawls is starting for sure, or is he not? You know, I guess what I'm saying is if it's still unclear, then you don't want to draft Thomas Rawls here because, like I said, we're looking for people that we know are going to consistently get the ball, um, especially up through the first six uh, to eight rounds. We do not want to take any risk. So... Uh, if there's uncertainty, do not draft Rawls. And if there is not, then absolutely take him. Now, after round five, it starts to get a little iffy at the running back position because you start to get a lot of running backs that are basically in a timeshare, which means that they're splitting carries with another running back on their team to a large extent. And you don't want these guys to be starting on your team, bottom line. Um, you know, obviously, you would take a timeshare running back over a running back that doesn't play. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, you're trying to get at least two running backs on your team that are the unquestioned starter on their team that are always going to have that opportunity to perform well for you. So if you listen to a lot of, um, you know, if you listen to most fantasy football podcasts or radio hosts or, you know, whatever, they'll talk about guys like uh, Jeremy Hill or Danny Woodhead, uh, Duke Johnson, etc., and, They'll make it sound like these guys are pretty good pickups. And, and I'm not saying they never are. They're, I mean, like I said, um, it's better to have one of those guys than to have no one. But the best case scenario 
is that every week the running backs that you are playing are people that are not in a timeshare, people that are not coming off the field very often, people that are always getting opportunity. When you get guys like Danny Woodhead and the others I mentioned, they may have a good game, but it's literally possible that they almost never see the field and that they get you know, one or two fantasy points, and that's not what you want on your team. That's the kind of thing that will lose you a game, and it's fairly unpredictable with these guys because they're in a timeshare. So, you, you know, you just never know who's going to get the ball most in one game. That being said, um, in round six, Matt Jones uh, is getting drafted. And I'm quite honestly surprised that Matt Jones is getting drafted that late um, because he's one of those guys. He, he is pretty much the unquestioned starter. In Washington, he's going to lose some third downs to Chris Thompson, it looks like. But overall, um, at this stage in the draft, if you could get Matt Jones, that would be great. And the only other guy uh, after that is in round eight, Jeremy Langford, who I I, I honestly have no idea uh, how Jeremy Langford is going so late. Um but if you can get him around eight, uh, there's no question you should take him. Um, you just can't pass up on a guy that is going to start for Chicago and uh, likely lead their backfield. So I would take Langford uh, in round eight, um, potentially earlier. So if you get to round six... And these guys, Deion Lewis, Latavius Murray, Thomas Rawls, Matt Jones, are all gone. But you need that last running back to fill your roster. You better just take Jeremy Langford um, because these other guys after him uh, aren't really worth it. There are also um, two more guys that are going later. Um, so Rashad Jennings right now isn't being drafted until round 11. But again, um, you know, he's the starter in New York. Um, yeah, part of the reason that he isn't going so high is because he had not the best year last year, and they do have a lot of other running backs there. There's a potential he'll lose his starting position. He He's on a short leash, but if he performs, he's going to be in there quite a bit. So Rashad Jennings is um, a good play for your bench running back at the end of the draft. And also, uh, LeGarrette Blount is a great pickup as well. He's going in the in round 13, but um, he's definitely worth drafting earlier. Uh, if you don't get Deion Lewis, LeGarrette Blount um, is a good way to still get a piece of the New England offense because LeGarrette Blount, I think it was um, .46. He has basically a 46% chance in each game of scoring one touchdown. And that's really, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, so it is a little hit or miss with him, but if you're in a pinch, he's not a bad play. But again, this is someone you want on your bench. So ideally, um, the end result of all this is that at the end of eight rounds, you better have at least two running backs on your team. Um, but hopefully 
you know, hopefully you have three running backs at this time. And if not, then you want to pick up a third running back uh, later in the draft with Rashad Jennings or LeGarrette Blount. And if you did that, um, your running back position would be okay, but you, you know, you'd certainly be trying to improve it throughout the year. All right, so now let's take a look at wide receivers. And <clears throat> like I said, in round one, we're seeing Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones going one, two, three. If you can get any of these guys, you're going to be very happy. Um, but honestly, uh, the other receivers going later in the first round, A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins, have just as much uh, potential as those guys do and I'd be very happy uh, taking any of them so pretty much every receiver is going in the first round with the exception of Des Bryant uh, you'd be happy to take Des Bryant uh, I like but I think if you're at the end of the first round where he's going you're better off taking Allen Robinson who right now is going early in the second round but I just I think you have more um, of a guaranteed you, you you're more guaranteed to get what you're looking for out of Allen Robinson and uh, also in the second round we have Brandon Marshall who absolutely is a no-brainer in the second round I mean if you can get out of the first two rounds with um, one of the top five receivers that I mentioned in round one and then you can get Allen Robinson or Brandon Marshall, you're going to be in great shape. Um, this is most likely the position you'll be in if you are like towards the end of the first round. So like uh, A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins are going 10 and 11, and I'm in a 12-team league. So if, you know, if you're drafting 11 or 12 in a 12-team league, you're likely going to be able to swing that. You, you, know, you grab A.J. Green or DeAndre Hopkins, and then when, the, when it rolls back around to you in like three or four picks – you're just taking, you know, if one of those guys is left, you take them, or you take Allen Robinson, or you take Brandon Marshall, and you are going to be um, just in a great position. But Brandon Marshall actually is going uh, number 23, so that's at the very end of the second round. So even if you're drafting in position one and you take Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or Julio Jones, you might still be able to get Brandon Marshall um, afterwards and you'd be happy with uh, that being in that position. In round three, uh, there's some guys that I'm not as crazy about. I'm not going to talk about all of them. But if you, uh, you know, like I said, if, if you email me at, at fantasyfootballteammate at gmail.com, I will send you all of this so you can look and, and see which players I'm not crazy about and which ones I am. Um, but just highlighting the players I think you do want to draft in round three. We have Amari Cooper who is coming off a very good year in Oakland, and um, that offense is starting to bud, and I, I think this will be the year that he he really begins to uh, step it up to another level, and there's a lot of potential there. And same with Keenan Allen. Uh, he's a little more established. Um, you're pretty much guaranteed. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get great numbers with Keenan Allen. Um, so either of those guys in the third round are good. But aside from that, I would actually just wait on the third round. Um, part of the problem is here, if you remember, there weren't really many running backs in the third round. I was crazy about either. So you know, if when you get in the third round, 
you might be in a situation where there's just not many uh, wide receivers or running backs that you're really interested in that are at that value. So that's why uh, this is the time that if you need to uh, reach a little bit for a player, you know, don't feel bad about doing that. So in the third round, you know, if you're if you're not seeing what you want, just take a guy that you wanted in the fourth round, because ultimately, then when you get to the fourth, because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in the fourth round and fifth round, uh, especially in the wide receiver position, that you that are good to have. And I'll tell you right now who I think in particular is worth uh, taking here, and it's T.Y. Hilton. He's going in the fifth round right now. But if you can get him in the third round, you're, it's going to be worth it. He's a player worth reaching for, even if you have to go up two rounds, because Andrew Luck was the best quarterback in the league two years ago, and he got hurt last year. And Hilton still did okay, but... You know, it's hard when you lose uh, your running back and you don't really, or, I'm sorry, when you lose your quarterback and you don't really have a good replacement there. So um, T.Y. Hilton, I'm telling you, he's he's likely going to be in the conversation with uh, the top tier receivers by the end of the year. So he's worth reaching for and grabbing even in the third round. Um, but like I said, right now it's going in the fifth round. In round four, we have Julian Edelman, Jeremy Macklin, and Doug Baldwin. And I'd be happy with any of these players. I I definitely want Julian Edelman first. Um, At the end of the day, you need to get a player on New England's offense, whether that's Deion Lewis, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, or LeGarrette Blount. You want one of those players, but only one. And... um, if it's receiver, Julian Edelman is definitely the guy that you want to that you want to get. If you can't get Edelman, Jeremy Macklin, um, he's not flashy or anything, but you know I spoke about that we want players who consistently put up good numbers, and that is all that Jeremy Macklin has ever done his entire career. He's not going to blow you out of the water. He's not going to be the single reason your team wins, but he is going to put your team in a position to win. So you you don't want to draft him as your first wide receiver, but if he's your number two guy or if he's your flex position, you're I mean that that would be incredible. If you had Jeremy Macklin as a flex, um, that that would just be absolutely exceptional. And Doug Baldwin, you know I definitely expect him to digress this year compared to last year. Um, he's he's been in the NFL a long time and has never put up the numbers he put up last year. So it seems like it was kind of an anomaly. But um, if you can get him in round five, I would go ahead and do so. Moving into round five, I already spoke about T.Y. Hilton, but there's also some other players here that I really like. Um, Kelvin Benjamin and uh, Eric Decker. So Kelvin Benjamin... Um, is actually the Panthers' number one offense, and I'm sure most of you are somewhat familiar with the Panthers after last year because their offense was lighting the world on fire for a while. And But with Kelvin Benjamin back, he's going to be unquestionably their number one receiver. 
he's a very big playmaker and um, if that offense keeps clicking the way it was last year Benjamin could be in for a great season so he's definitely uh, if you can get him in round five it's pretty much no question no brainer I mean that you want to take him Uh, similarly Eric Decker he's a number two receiver in New York and um, you know so if you don't get Brandon Marshall Eric Decker's put up numbers very similar to Brandon Marshall and you're going to be really happy if you end up with Decker here now moving into round six this is round six is pretty much where the Arizona wide receivers are going to go so they have um Eric Decker I'm sorry they have Michael Floyd Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown and pretty much any of these guys you'll be okay with but just to rank them uh, Michael Floyd is the, the wide receiver in Arizona that you definitely want to own. Uh, Fitzgerald, you, obviously you're never going to be upset owning Larry Fitzgerald. He's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he, he he's good to have on your team. But he's definitely slowing down, and I would expect that uh, Michael Floyd will really be taking over. Uh, as far as leading those receivers in uh, receptions, yards, touchdowns, etc. And John Brown, honestly, I'd recommend not not even drafting him in round seven. Um, he's just someone that isn't going to be consistently giving you numbers. I would just leave him and let someone else let someone else take him. I can almost guarantee at some point he'll be on waivers this year. So if you really needed him in a pinch, you could probably just pick him up. Um, But if you can't get Floyd or Fitzgerald, I would say um, you want to actually move down to a round eight player and take Alan Hearns. Um, Alan Hearns is the number two player, number two wide receiver in Jacksonville. And again, similar to how Eric Decker puts up similar numbers to Brandon Marshall Alan Hearns is going to put up similar numbers to Alan Robinson just think of it as like a watered down version you know so it's like instead of pulling um instead of pouring a full glass of orange juice you're pouring half a glass of orange juice and filling the rest with water so sometimes it's going to be like drinking full orange juice but sometimes you're going to get a result that's kind of just like a bunch of water in other words, um, you know, Alan Hearns is sometimes going to give you output similar to Alan Robinson. And at round eight, um, that's definitely worth having. Now, obviously, you don't want to have both players. So if you if you took Robinson, you don't want Alan Hearns because they're just going to be cannibalizing each other's numbers. Um, but there's a lot of other players here at round seven or eight that I'm not super crazy about, but they're not terrible pickups either. We have Golden Tate, Dante Moncrief, Deshaun Jackson, and Jordan Matthews. Um, any of those guys would be pretty nice to get in round eight or, or seven, but uh, they're not. They're they're more of like a. They're just not guys that you necessarily need to get, um, but they wouldn't be bad to get compared to some of the other players. Around nine, now this is kind of the stage of the draft that you're you're drafting people not to start, and now we're we're willing to take more risky players that that you know if they break out could be starters, but could 
end up being terrible and then we just drop them so these next couple guys um a lot of them fall into that range so Corey coleman is going to be the number one guy number one receiver in cleveland and i'm not expecting um you know i'm not expecting it to pan out but it's possible that uh Coleman pans out there, and if he does, uh, that would be a great pickup for you. Uh, Kevin White in Chicago, he was drafted last year but ended up having a stress fracture in his shin, but he came in um, very highly touted. He is uh, 6'3", 215. He, he's just, he has the potential um, you know, to really step in and, and do a lot of good things this year. And at round nine... He's definitely worth grabbing. In round 10, we have Marcus Wheaton. And um, and then we also have uh, Marvin Jones. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm actually not even going to – I'm not going to go through uh, specifically with the rest of these players. But um, because here, to be honest with you, like there's some good guys you can get, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's pretty hard to uh, make accurate predictions this late. So I'm just gonna say in round ten, uh, Marcus Wheaton's a good player to shoot for. At round eleven, we have Devonte Parker and Marvin Jones. Uh, around twelve, Willie Sneed and Travis Benjamin. Uh, not really anyone around thirteen. I'm too crazy about. And then around four, if if. If Steve Smith falls to round 14, definitely just grab him. Um, he's injury-prone, a lot older, but like I said, it's always good to have a future Hall of Famer on your team. You never know how they'll pan out. And then uh, towards the end of the drafts, um, there's a few more players here. Um, and uh, like I said, if you shoot me an email, I'll uh, send you the rest of this list with the explanations. So now that we've covered running backs and wide receivers to be honest the rest is pretty short because with uh quarterbacks and tight ends you really just want to wait uh, you don't want to draft them early the only exception the only exception is rob gronkowski you'll take him in uh you, he's worth taking in the first round but other than that you really want to spend your first six rounds getting three running backs and three wide receivers, locking down those positions. And then uh, after that, fill out your quarterback and tight end positions with whatever's left. And I have uh, some some good analysis in this uh, file. If you want to see which quarterbacks and tight ends are you know going to be good for you that are available in those later rounds, um, please just shoot me an email at fantasyfootballteammate at gmail.com, and I'll send those over to you. Uh, the last positions of uh, kicker and defense, <clears throat> you really um, don't need to uh, stress out about too much. Just take them uh, towards the end of the draft. Just get a defense, get a kicker. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's just... It's kind of a crapshoot how those positions are going to do for you anyway. In general, you want to get a kicker on a pretty good offense that you know fails to get touchdowns a lot but ends up kicking a lot of field goals. And you want to get a defense 
that is good at, at getting turnovers, getting sacks, and uh, not giving up a lot of points. Um, but ultimately, any defense in the top 12 is is going to do fine for you, and um, and I wouldn't stress too much about it. So, um, as always, feel free to send me any questions uh, or thoughts that you have about uh, this podcast or about uh, your fantasy football league. If you want more detail about anything I may have not uh, spoken about, if you want advice on a particular player, uh, if you want help uh, during your draft, uh, anything at all, just shoot me an email at fantasyfootballteammate at gmail.com and uh, let me know how I can help. Otherwise, I uh, wish you luck with your draft, and I will be back. Um, we, ha- we don't have the, the, the date for our draft yet, but once it happens and we have the draft, I will do a podcast just kind of talking about how it went, how I feel about it, etc. And uh, definitely looking forward to it, and I hope you are as well. So please don't forget to subscribe um, and share with, uh, share with a friend. Um, all right. Uh, Please, uh, everybody have a wonderful evening, and it has been a pleasure. See you later.